0: Hello there, welcome back, my name is Ben
1: And I'm Nicole, and you're listening to Wicked and Grim A true crime podcast
0: We back. What's up, guys? How's
1: it going?
0: It is the last day of November. Officially. Which is
1: crazy. Officially. And I feel like we haven't been here for so long as we recorded our last one so early. I feel like we haven't podcasted forever.
0: Can I finish my train of thought?
1: Oh, shit. Sure. I thought you were done.
0: (laughs) I was, I literally said officially (laughs) twice. And now I'm going to say it a third time. Officially December tomorrow, which means Christmas season. At least for me, it doesn't start till December.
1: I know. I feel like I was actually thinking about what my next podcast should be, and I was like, "Oh, it will be December. Maybe I should do Christmas."
0: Oh, I'm sure we'll manage to find some Christmassy uh, yes, ones.
1: We need some Christmassy ones, definitely. I think that'd be so fun.
0: Oh, I'm,
1: we did some. We did some Halloween. We, we did a whole freaking week of Halloween. I don't
0: think we can do a whole week no. of, of Christmas, but we can do a
1: couple Christmassy podcasts, definitely. Full show.
0: Sure. Uh, but we before we move on, we got to thank. Our lovely patrons. Oh my
1: gosh, we've gotten so many. It's Uh, amazing. It's
0: ridiculous. You guys are continuing to support us. So thank you so much to every single one of you out there who is supporting us um, because Nicole has a terrible time pronouncing (laughs) your name more than I do. Not that I don't, just she does a little bit more than me. (sighs) She keeps wanting me to do it. So here we go. You're doing it.
1: You're good at it. I I try. Mm -hmm.
0: So I'm going to try and not butcher your names to thank you guys here. Here we go. Get ready. We have Jimmy Witchurch, Sean Kelly. Heather Gleason, Abby Bowman, verity I really hope I said that right, Michelle Cochran, Jenny Steer, Steer, I think, I don't know, it's a really hard one, Steyer.
1: Well, I'm not even looking at the list, so I'm no help whatsoever.
0: I, I'm going to say Steyer, if I'm going to put okay. my money on one. That's okay. that's what I'm betting on. Um, Michael Spengler, Kaylee Giesbrick. And Megan Burke. You guys are incredible. Thank yes, you to every single one of you. thank you.
1: Oh my gosh. And we have like some fun things for them too we, coming up here.
0: Fuck yeah, we do.
1: Really fun things.
0: So I can't guarantee it's today because as soon as we're done recording, we're going to be working on details. And it depends on how long it takes us to get these details worked out. Mm-hmm. But it's either today when this episode drops or tomorrow we have merch.
1: merch. Oh my gosh. I'm pumped.
0: So, the only thing is we are re- releasing five different designs. Mm-hmm. One of them is a black and white version. So you can get it black or white. So it's technically a two, two. So it's like technically six designs, but really yeah. it's a duplicate. So five. So five designs.
1: That you freaking made because you're a bomb ass artist.
0: All art by me, which one of them is our Wicked and Grib logo, yeah. which is art by me. Yep. Uh, so all of it is art by me being released only on Patreon for the first week.
1: With... One of those di- designs just being for patrons. Yes. So how it's going to work? Patrons only.
0: Is patrons get this weak head start, and they get to go on and pick their designs and everything? Um, it's not like they're going to buy it out because we're going with the print in, print on demand. So mm-hmm. supplies are limitless. Limitless. Don't worry about that. But uh, it's released only to patrons for the first week. And one of those designs is a patron-exclusive design. That one is the Jacko design.
1: Oh, my gosh. And it's actually probably one of my faves.
0: Right? It's, it's so cool. I love it. I, even though it's my art, I'm super proud of this one. Jacko looks dope as fuck.
1: It's exactly what I would envision Jacko to look like. Right? Totally.
0: Uh, so maybe we'll post what Jacko looks like on our Instagram, Facebook, so you can go check that out. Mm-hmm. But he will be gone by next week's episode and we will release the rest of the merch to the public. That design of Jacko will never be released again. So the only time you can get this this design with Jacko for Wicked and Grim is this week to be a patron.
1: Oh my gosh, that even makes me like frick. So that's I, I, so I have to go buy all the shit too.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We actually have to go buy our own merch yeah, technically we do. too. So.
1: Yeah, but uh, once we do, we'll be like, I think that's probably going to be my whole wardrobe. Probably mm-hmm. yours for sure.
0: Oh yeah, hundred percent. And there was even one that I drew, and you were like, "Wait, did you draw that?" There's no way.
1: <laughs> I know it was via text, I, you sent it to me, and I was like, "I thought you like took it from like Google or something." No,
0: no, yeah, that's the Death Head Moth one. She was like, "There's no way you drew that." Oh and my gosh. Yes, yes, I did. It's all done by hand.
1: I do believe in you.
0: Even the writing is my 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 handwriting. Yeah, so it's awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You've been doing a shit ton behind the scenes.
0: Yeah. And it's uh, starting to pay off a little bit. Finally, Mm -hmm. finally. Yep. So yeah, go sign up for Patreon. If you haven't yet, you can support us and you can get access to early access to the merch and And
1: Jacko merch, the
0: exclusive Patreon only merch. Oh my
1: gosh. Which is so exciting. Beyond exciting. Yeah.
0: And then, so once you are on Patreon, we will be dropping the link as soon as it's available to you guys. And then dropping the link to public as well. Once it's ready for the public. So, there you go. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you guys. We should
1: actually do a post about pa- Patreon too, because a lot of people are like, oh, we don't even know your link.
0: Yeah. So maybe we'll do that actually, on Insta. We've never actually posted it publicly, I don't think. I
1: know, which is crazy weird. Yeah. What have we been doing? We Just clearly have podcasting. a lot of Podcasting.
0: We're podcasting. That's what we're doing.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. So
0: what else we got to drop? Anything? What is it?
1: Well, the- we also will have our, our um, Patreon free podcast oh or right. free? not free i don't know how you'd say that the, extra
0: extra the, the extra episode from extra yes. extra we're behind on that so we're literally dropping it the last day of the month so sorry to you guys yes. but it is out and you guys can go listen to it there and then we will make up for that by doing it
1: at least a little bit earlier early in the month my my only excuse is that i have been hella behind with editing but that's gonna slow down soon my behind the scenes has been like photography mad woman
0: photography mad woman. That's, that's
1: literally what i've been for about a couple months
0: that's literally nicole in a nutshell right yeah, there
1: right there that's literally yeah. what i do
0: <laughs> that's what you do seven. okay ah so are we ready for this
1: i'm freaking ready are you ready sure? to rock and roll
0: well i i do have a question for you though have you ever heard of this name robert hansen
1: I'm going to say no, because the first thing that came to mind was like Hanson, like the band. <laughs> is that Hanson or Moffat?
0: That's Hanson's.
1: Okay. I literally like get those two bands mixed up constantly. Oh, I
0: don't even know the other one, So.
1: Okay. I've seen one of them. and I can't remember which one it is. I feel mm. like Moffat, but I don't know.
0: Well, anyways, Robert Hanson has quite the fucking story. Okay. So we're going to start with in 1924, there was a short story called The Most Dangerous Game by the author. Richard Cronell. Now, it's told the tale of a wealthy Russian aristocrat who decided hunting big game had no longer become exhilarating for him. It became boring. So he began capturing people and oh. setting them loose on his private island to hunt them for sport.
1: Holy shit. Okay, that went somewhere I didn't expect it. <sighs> yeah.
0: So now, ever since this story was published, um, the perverse idea of humans being hunted by humans Eek. captivated the public. It's a disturbing concept that's appeared time and time again uh, for plots of novels, TV shows, movies. Uh, But for the most part, it's been reserved for the world of fiction, thankfully.
1: Thank God. I feel like we have enough shit to worry about.
0: (laughs) That is, however, until 1970s, when a man by the name of Robert Hansen turned this premise into a horrifying decade-long reality in the woods of Alaska.
1: When? 19. 70s oh my goodness so like not really that long ago
0: this is the terrifying true story of robert hansen aka the butcher baker of alaska
1: oh gosh what does that mean butcher baker
0: he was a baker so
1: okay really it is what where i went (laughs) i
0: well it's not very sweeney todd let's put it that way like no one gets baked into the baked goods but he, he just so happened to be a a baker. Oh,
1: so. okay. Okay. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, I'm out. <laughs>
0: no, we're not getting any of Mrs. Lovett's uh, meat pies in this episode. <laughs> oh thankfully. Gosh. So, uh, that is a, another episode with an, another.
1: Oh, um, wait, oh, I'm sure there's, oh, oh, there is. I Yeah.
0: Joey something. Um,
1: yeah, I, I think remember. we have one on our list actually. Oh yeah.
0: This dude was like crazy and he turned people into burger and fed him like in hamburgers to people. Yummy. Joey methanol or methanol or something M.
1: Okay, I'm not Anyways, sure. but yeah,
0: I can picture the dude. He looks fucking creepy.
1: Tasty might be the best burger we ever had.
0: Tastes just like chicken, <laughs> pork apparently. So people have said
1: is what humans taste like. Yeah,
0: very similar. How do people know this? Um, cannibalisms. There's, oh,
1: okay. I guess I was like, I was thinking like, just an average person would know this, but it's like people in jail. I'm Kay. assuming.
0: I saw this article <laughs> not too long ago where they've actually created a um a what's the word a synthetic. Human meat. Why? So you can taste what human meat would taste like. I feel like like
1: I could actually die not knowing what that tastes like and be totally fine.
0: It's completely fucked up. I mean, I I understand the curiosity being there and being like, yeah, you know, the opportunity to try. I
1: have zero curiosity.
0: No, I have zero curiosity too. I can just understand the curiosity being there. No. Being like the opportunity (laughs) to have the taste without having actual human flesh in my mouth, I can kind of get it. Wait. However, I would still throw up, fuck no, that should never have been created.
1: Yeah, that's really gross. We even had the opportunity to have alligator one time and never
0: you didn't want to and I was super disappointed. Yeah, now I really I want to go told, back to Florida and try it.
1: I told you to. Yeah, but I wanted I to try it with you. I am to try it with you. Okay, well I'd go do that again. That was like super fun. <laughs> <laughs> go
0: to go back to Florida alligator, specifically for it.
1: alligator hunting. Yeah. That was awesome.
0: Okay, so let's get on with the story Now, Robert was born in Pocahontas, Idaho in 1939 uh, Robert was the son of Danish immigrants Chris and Edna Hansen who would, And he would follow in his father's footsteps To become a successful
1: baker, baker. Yeah.
0: Um, Now, as a young teen Robert was a skinny boy And was painfully shy uh, He was unfortunately afflicted with a stutter And a s- s- severe case... Sorry, little stutter action there. Uh, with a stutter and a severe case that eventually, oh, wow, because I stuttered, I just messed that whole <laughs> sentence up. That just like completely backfired. me. roller on coaster? You. Okay. He was afflicted with a stutter and a severe case of acne. There we go.
1: Uh, oh, that eventually
0: rough. left him permanently scarred on his face later in life. The acne? yes
1: really Hey, eh? yeah. he's like probably it, picking it don't pick don't pop the pimples
0: well robert later on actually went to say um, like in his later years in life he would describe his face as one big pimple
1: oh my god. like gosh. he had like apparently super had bad bad
0: acne so
1: holy frig
0: now because of these attributes though robert wasn't exactly a popular kid in high school he didn't have any friends if or many friends if any at all mm-hmm. uh and the girls kind of shunned him. They didn't really talk to him at school. It was just kind of, you know...
1: Well, because kids he was are alone. little assholes. They're kids so are mean.
0: fucking assholes. They're so mean. Yes. It was... It was brutal. So...
1: I feel bad for him.
0: Yeah. Well, he, he didn't have friends and he didn't have much of a dating life either because of this. Now, le- this left him with strong feelings of resentment on the inside towards them all. And he would dream of garnishing revenge them for the way okay. that they treated him mm-hmm. but on the outside he was still just a scrawny shy teen with acne and a stutter now to make it all worse robert was also left-handed and now it was common practice for left-handed children to be forced to use their right hand back then right so i mean whether it's like a societal thing or where it was like a christian thing because i know like the left hand was like the hand of the devil right i was
1: kind of trying to remember what it was but yeah it was a religious thing. I- right?
0: Yeah. It, I mean, I think it started out as that, but it also just kind of became standard practice, I think. Like, no, you got to write with your right hand mm-hmm. sort of thing.
1: Because that's like socially acceptable.
0: Yeah. Wait, fuck that. Fuck social acceptability.
1: If you're left-handed, use your left hand.
0: Exactly. So now the stress and confusion that uh, would most certainly cross a child's mind of ha- having a stutter and trying to force using your other hand Mm. would only make those stuttering problems probably worse for him.
1: Dang. Okay, dude. You're just making me picture this like, I feel just terrible for this person.
0: <laughs> I feel terrible for Robert at this point in time. He did not have a fun <sighs> that's childhood.
1: rough. It sounds horrific.
0: Yeah. Now, luckily though, his parents did have the best intention for Robert. He did have good parents. They were kind of strictly religious, but that's not the most... Worst case no, scenario we've ever heard in podcasts. The podcast. Sure. They
1: could beat him, which I feel like is way worse.
0: Exactly. Abandonment stuff. Like he didn't deal with any yeah. of that, which is thankful. Now, even though their efforts to help him gain the confidence and overcome his stutter was a little cruel and possibly even hindering, um, they did do their best. Uh, they thought that putting him to work in their bakery would be a great way for him to grow some confidence. And perhaps his face-to-face interactions with patrons of the business would encourage him to overcome his stutter. Okay. A typical kind of. You it's know, not
1: like terrible idea.
0: It's not. It's a it's a tough it up type attitude. You know, work through it and you tackle one's problems. Back then, they might not
1: have had people that like speech speech people that help with that, right? They so. definitely
0: did have speech therapy and did stuff, they? but okay. it just wasn'tly wasn't quite as readily available as right. it is today. So it, I mean, speech therapy is definitely what Robert probably needed, mm-hmm. but it's definitely not what he got.
1: Speech therapy and some proactive.
0: And proactive, <laughs> <laughs> get rid of that acne.
1: Help the acne.
0: I just burped a big burp. Oh, my God. Wow. I held back all the sound, but oh, that tasted horrible. It's the beer. No, the beer's going to help get that flavor out of there.
1: Oh, my gosh. I had acne as a child. Fairly bad, actually.
0: I had one great big pimple that kept popping up right on the tip of my nose.
1: Oh, seriously? I
0: hated that sucker.
1: <laughs> you probably just kept popping it, and then you're not supposed to pop them. I'm surprised you don't have a scar there.
0: So am I, because that thing like came back time and time again. Anyways, my giant fucking pimple aside, he continued to work long hours in his family's bakery and he spent most of his spare time alone. Uh, Still in his teens, Robert began to find love in the outdoors and he quickly became an avid hunter. It was a place where Robert could be alone and by himself, Mm -hmm. free of judgmental eyes and the mocking of his stutter. Now, not only was it a place to be alone, but Robert picked up the sport of hunting rather quickly and became very very good at it he was tracking stalking shooting all of it robert was a natural and even when it went and even later on in life went to break multiple records for shooting big game animals
1: oh really hey so it's
0: like when it comes to big game animals it's all on measurement on the size of like a rack and stuff right very similar to like how much does your fish weigh and you got a mm. record fish sort of thing a little more complex, but hmm, that's... And he
1: was actually breaking records. Wow. He
0: was. Well, oh. that was later on in life when he lived up in Alaska where there's big, oh, big fucking animals. So. That's
1: where you're going to break the records.
0: Well, there's, there's some records being broken in like Montana and stuff. It's Alaska definitely has the natural ones mm-hmm. where there they're more fed to grow like that. But. Yeah. But yeah, definitely there's record-breaking animals up there and he was definitely using it as a resource at the time. But that's later on in life. So in 1957, after graduating high school, when Robert was just 18 years old, he joined the United States Army Reserve, hoping to leave behind his troubled youth and making something for himself. Right on. Now, while not in training, Robert and his new army friends would spend time heading out to nearby cities located by their camp. Here, Robert finally experienced intimacy with a woman for the first time, with a sex worker. I mean, I'm not going to judge people who do sex work. Don't get me wrong there. Mm -hmm. But for a first time thing, I I don't think that's very good.
1: No, probably not.
0: It could. uh, I don't know. It just seems like it could ruin that. Not that it's very good the first time anyways, but you know what I mean?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It's
0: usually awkward stumbling. You're
1: going there, right? We went there.
0: And for Canadians, it's a lot of, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, my
1: gosh. Holy shit.
0: Tell me I'm wrong. It's next level. Tell me I'm wrong. Oh, sorry, sorry, bud.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. Not the bud, not the bud. I'll go with the sorry.
0: (laughs) We call everybody bud. At least I do. Right, bud?
1: I do dude.
0: Dude. Oh, sorry, dude.
1: Yeah. Sorry, dude.
0: There you go. Okay. Intimacy aside, uh, for Robert, women in the sex trade were much nicer to him than those he dealt with back home. They treated him with decency, but with this new treatment gave Robert the sense of confidence. Which is good.
1: That's a good thing. It is
0: good. But it may have gone too far because it could have possibly even given him the sense of superiority, which is not good.
1: Oh. Okay, this is going south. Yeah, it is. Okay.
0: (laughs) So after serving 18 months in the reserve, he returned home, rented his first apartment, and began a routine, serving one weekend a month, and then one, or sorry, one weekend a month. Um, in the Army Reserve. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Uh, and then also working at the bakery the rest of the time. He even would do volunteering as an assistant drill sergeant at the local police academy in town, the town of Pocahontas. Now, not only all this, but Robert also managed to find himself a girlfriend by the name of Phoebe, who is a bit of a loner, a lot like Robert. So they're very much in many ways built for each other. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, little Phoebe. That's a cool name. That like reminds me of friends. (laughs) I'll be there for you.
0: Love Phoebe. Uh, So then in the summer of 1960s, 60s, 1960, there we go, uh, the two of them ended up getting married and everything in Robert's life was looking up in every way. Every way that is, except one. Do tell. Robert was still harboring resentment towards everyone who made fun of him in school.
1: He couldn't let that shit go, eh? He
0: could not let that go. Hmm. Not only his peers, however, but the school system had let him down and he had major resentment for his peers and the school. So Robert fantasized about exacting some sort of revenge on those that never left him alone in high school.
1: Okay, I mean, I think it's honestly fair to think it right? But then at some point, too, like, that's quite a few years later. You do have to just let it go and move on with your life. Well,
0: I mean, he's he's what? I mean, he was 18 when he left. He served 18 months, so he's probably like almost 20.
1: Oh, okay. So I guess he's still pretty young. And yeah. it sounds like it was pretty bad, too. Yeah. And which it, is really sad. I
0: think he's still going through a lot of it, too. Like, he's still a loner.
1: Mm, right? But he's, like, married. Lean on your wife.
0: Yeah. Well, technically he's not married yet. He's getting married this same year. Oh, okay. So Okay. but yeah he's he's got phoebe in his corner and, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i just kind of summed that up in that sentence earlier so where am i here now i lost my train of thought right uh robert often confided in a new friend who he made through training at the police academy uh, the boy was only 16 and he had also worked at robert's parents bakery okay uh now eventually robert venting and confiding in him and on a lot of his past and kind of almost talking demeaningly about his peers from high school and the school itself Mm -hmm. eventually robert would uh would say a few things to him that would lead to something else okay so this boy for the sake of argument uh, there's a lot of names for whatever in this case that are are hidden so we're gonna call him john john yeah johnny yeah so we're gonna so robert one day confided in john that he wanted to burn down the school bus hall which housed three school buses for the local high school quote unquote just to see if he could get away with it
1: oh boy okay that's the next level a
0: little next level there yeah yeah, yeah. rather than just oh i fucking hate those people on that school it's like i want to fucking burn, I'm gonna it down.
1: burn it down
0: and one way or another robert somehow convinced john to take part in this oh, fantasy okay so on december 7th 1960 the two worked a few chores at the bakery to establish an alibi and then set out to the school bus hall huh. john was lookout while Robert poured several gallons of gas onto the hall and lit it blaze.
1: that's so interesting that this John guy would want to help him. Like, right? Why? I mean, I mean, he they're says, friends. I guess they're
0: friends, but not only that. Robert's older, and his drill sergeant from police academy, so he probably looks up to him.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So once that it makes were, sense. Once it was lit blaze, back to the bakery to continue their alibi. So as soon as the local fire hall was called robert hurried off back towards the blaze from the bakery as he was part of the local fire volunteer group
1: (laughs) oh my gosh
0: it was the perfect revenge and crime he had an alibi and was even a first responder on the scene to help put out the blaze
1: wow i feel like that was really thought through
0: yeah however nothing was really salvaged the building did burn down completely but he had all his bases covered And he was sure to get away with it.
1: But I also feel like that's not even targeting really who he should be targeting. Yeah. Like at all. I agree. But okay.
0: Uh, So you would think he's going to get away with it. He thinks he's going to. But there is one loose end that he did not have tied up. Uh Uh-oh. John, however, developed a guilty conscience.
1: Oh, shit.
0: (laughs) Yeah. He turned himself and Robert in just a few months later on March 29th. Really? Really, really.
1: Huh, I didn't see that coming.
0: John's a good dude. Robert yeah. clearly is not. Robert's a dick. Foreshadowing there. Robert is a dick.
1: Okay, mega <laughs> foreshadowing.
0: Mega. After being arrested, he was sentenced to three years for arson.
1: That's a long time. That
0: is. I mean, I mean, only three years for burning down a building. At yeah, least but there are people that
1: do far worse, get less. That is... So I feel like that's actually a lot.
0: That's true. And you'll find this what you just said to be very much so a fact in this case in itself. Cool. Yeah, not so much. So Robert began attending sessions in prison with a psychiatrist and spoke openly about what he had done under doc, under doctor patient confidentiality. Okay. So before he went to prison is when he actually got married. His girlfriend or, in, or fiance at the time, Phoebe, Phoebe. was like, I can't, Be with someone who's doing something like this. And she's all like, tell me you didn't do this. He looked her in the eye and swore I did not do this. It wasn't me. I'm being framed by John. Oh. So three days, I believe it was before he went to jail, they actually got married right before he went into jail. Okay.
1: Okay, he seems like he's like quite good at manipulation.
0: He is a very much so master manipulator. Yeah. And he he starts developing that a lot a little later on here, but he's definitely starting to get into it here. Okay. So while in prison under this doctor patient confidentiality, he would begin confessing a lot of things about what he had done and discussing it with his doctor, his psychiatrist, stating things like, quote unquote, I guess I burned down the bus barn because I hated the school with a divine passion. So, yeah, clearly he's admitting it. He did it. Mm -hmm. Now, the psychiatrist working on Robert noted that um, he had, quote unquote, an infantile personality personality. And was obsessed with getting back at people he felt had wronged him. Now, there are also um, some reports of him being diagnosed with bipolar disorder, with periodic schizophrenic episodes as well at this time. But there are no facts that I could find on those. Okay. So there's possible, but there's no concrete evidence that that was ever a diagnosis. Okay. But he did have infantile personality, which is basically saying, yeah, he didn't grow up out of those childish tendencies of like, you were mean to me
1: okay. That's what that means, hey? Yep. Oh, huh, interesting.
0: Rather than like developing it as like, you know, as you grow up, you develop that like resentment towards people like that. Yeah. Whereas most of us grow up out of it. He just didn't grow out of it. He never developed it later on. He just didn't grow out of it. okay. That kind of t- temper tantrum sort of thing. hmm So six months into his incarceration, Robert discovered... His sessions were not protected by any sort of doctor-patient confidentiality.
1: Oh, shit!
0: When his wife filed for divorce (gasps) after finding out about his confessions.
1: Wow! He just assumed?
0: He just assumed.
1: Oh, my goodness. Yep,
0: so he lost his Phoebe. Now, Robert refused to talk with the psychiatrist anymore, but he did pursue becoming a model inmate, doing things like volunteer work and showing his growth in any way he could.
1: I think that's a game, but okay. You think what? Like, I think he's doing that as a game. I don't, like, is he actually doing well or just, like, pretending?
0: Oh, he's just pretending. Yeah,
1: that's yeah. what I mean.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. On purpose.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: he's not actually a model inmate. He's just. Well,
1: I know, but I was like, maybe, he sometimes people turn around, but, like, I mean, no, no, no. like, he's not.
0: No, he- this was a charade completely. Okay. He's. yeah. He's got this in mind. He's going to be good and get out early sort of thing. Uh, So in doing so, he was released early after only serving 20 months out of his three year sentence. Holy, okay. Now, after prison, Robert moved in with his parents who had actually moved to Minnesota out of embarrassment of what had happened because it was all over the town because there's no doctor, patient confidentiality. And he admitted it all when in court, it was under the pretense of little Johnny is framing me, and now he's in jail being like, yeah, I did it.
1: That's so interesting that they would have to actually have moved.
0: Well, I'm not too sure if they moved strictly out of embarrassment or if it was like the town shunning them, but they definitely moved. Well,
1: and then I guess too if they had a business, like people would probably not want to go to the business, right? Exactly. Yeah.
0: So they went to Minnesota. Now, Minnesota, Robert worked odd jobs at their new business of owning a small resort, and it was there he met Darla. The two got along great and spent their time in the summer, you know, doing the chores together on the resort and every waking moment together when they were having fun and laughing and enjoying themselves. Now in 1963 they ended up getting married and in 1965 Robert began getting caught up in some petty theft, which didn't really do much for him, didn't really do well, but it never really amounted to much. There were some some cases of him getting caught and later on in life even he did have some charges on him, but Didn't really do much anyways.
1: Okay. But
0: it is notable that he was doing that sort of stuff. So in 1967, Robert decided he wanted a fresh start. And along with his wife, they decided to move to Anchorage, Alaska, the perfect place for an avid outdoorsman. Yeah. At the age of 28, Robert and his wife, Darla, began settling into their new life very nicely. Darla began teaching and Robert opened a bakery just like his parents did. Oh, I think Mika's going to be drinking here. Can you guys hear the the dog lapping up the water? They probably can.
1: She's very loud.
0: (laughs) She's very loud. You good, Mika? Okay, I think she's good. She good. She good. Okay. So they fit right into the community perfectly, making friends and spending time at the local church and not to mention being respectable owners of a local bakery and even having started a family with two young children of their own.
1: Oh, right on. I was wondering if that was going to happen. It
0: definitely happened. So Darla spent most of her time either working with the church or taking care of the children. While Robert was, on the other hand, dedicated to the bakery and spent most of his time there and free time out in the town with friends or kind of doing his own thing. It wasn't really something Darla would question what he was doing to her. Like in her religion, her job as a wife isn't to question her husband, but it's to be devout and support him. A little bit different take, but I
1: mean, it's... I was going to say something, but I decided not to. I question the shit out of you all the time. (laughs) You
0: do. You do. I mean, props to her for being so dedicated.
1: Yeah. It's not that I don't support or trust you, but I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. If you're late, I'm like, where are you?
0: Oh, definitely. And that's just fine. (laughs) But I'm just saying, like, props to her for being so supportive of her husband Mm -hmm. like that. However... I mean, we're all equals. There should be yeah. no, that that's a wife's job. Like, you know what I mean? But then also
1: so, to running a bakery, I feel like would be very hard and you'd be putting in a lot of hours. Probably. Right? Because you have to get up freaking early and bake a lot of shit before you open.
0: Yeah. Well, she didn't know what Robert was doing anyways. What she didn't know specifically was Robert would spend a lot of his spare time at the Red Light District or locally known as the Tenderloin District.
1: In Alaska? Yeah. Oh, okay. Anchorage.
0: I don't know the population would have been at this time, but I do know it was actually fairly busy because it's like um, a lot of oil companies starting up there. Fairly fair amount of disposable income for families and individuals, so it was it was kind of a hop place. place. Oh, okay. So
1: I need to. I'd like to actually explore Alaska a bit more.
0: So would I. Uh, so he would he would spend his time at this quote unquote tenderloin district at strip clubs and bars, uh, and he was focused very much so on these sex workers in the area. Uh, now, he wouldn't necessarily always go inside, but he would sit out inside in his vehicle and he would watch them. Simply going to work, coming from work, simply just passing by, going in and out of the strip clubs, walking up and down. you Creepy. know, Flagging people down sort of thing. He just watched.
1: So he was watching. He wasn't actually cheating on his wife or anything uh no
0: no we're we're getting there
1: okay okay
0: he wasn't in the bars drinking but he would just he'd park his car and he would watch he liked to watch
1: interesting there's other places you can go to watch shit uh not sex workers in the red light district there's only one
0: place to do that (laughs) touche so apparently though robert began to be known by some of the girls in the area as a kind of a regular and they learned that he didn't or sorry that he didn't like to approach them what he did like oh. was he did like them to approach him.
1: Don't, <laughs> don't, just don't,
0: don't, <laughs>
1: don't approach him. I feel like it's going to end badly. Yeah,
0: definitely not. Uh, so from there, Robert no longer pictured them as women once they approached him. Oh, but something else—they were like trash to him. A little bit different, like that superiority complex oh, geez, that, I was that he developed, earlier. like
1: at a very young age. Really,
0: yeah. Uh, he had the power and he no longer respected them and it's most likely strictly because of their work he would accept the women's offerings, bring them into the car and pay for most often oral sex which is something he would never ask of his wife and that's kind of what he did
1: so he did become a cheating bastard he
0: did so that, that's what he was doing in the red Light district until things changed a little bit on November 15th of 1971. When he did
1: something a
0: little bit different.
1: His wife had to have a potential idea of this because it's like nighttime that he's gone.
0: So there's a lot of speculation on how and what his wife thought. And knew. And she just didn't know any of this. And some of the stuff that she did know about, because later on there's some court proceedings, she just stuck by his side and there's no way it was him.
1: But then we've already discussed, you that he was a manipulator, too. So he could have just been manipulating his wife.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. But, I mean, even still, some of it, it's, like, kind of head-scratching on how how it went so far. But, like you say, mass manipulator. Mm -hmm. So who knows? Yep. So a woman by the name of Susie was simply driving home on that day of November 15th, 1971. She was driving home from work through the Red Light District. She pulled up to a stoplight and waited for the light to turn green. When she caught the eyes of a man sitting in the car at the light next to her, and she politely smiled and then turned and proceeded on her way. That man was, of course, Robert. Okay. Now Robert began tailing Susie and followed her home,
1: which is creepy
0: as fuck. Yeah,
1: I would not be okay with that. But also, when that happens, don't go home.
0: Well, I don't think she would have saw him particularly. I was paying attention. Was
1: following me. Fuck. I pay attention to that shit too much.
0: (laughs) You're kind of also the host of a true crime podcast. I know, but I'm just
1: like, I don't even dress like anyone. I would know.
0: You'd probably freak out if you saw me following you home.
1: (laughs) The fuck are you doing? Leave me alone.
0: I live with you, damn it. (laughs) So he watched her park her car and then go into her apartment. Ah. He sat there waiting a moment before he also exited his vehicle, walked up to her door and knocked.
1: Creepy. Right. Okay, but she she wasn't a sex worker, was she?
0: No, she wasn't. She just so happened to be driving through the red light district. Okay. So Susie answered the door and Robert began kind of stuttering and stammering and, and tried to make small talk and lied about how he was new to the Anchorage area and didn't really know any people. But eventually he kind of came around and got to his point. He asked Susie if she would like to go on a date. To which she declined and politely and slowly closed the door on Robert.
1: Good for her. I yeah. don't feel like that's the end though.
0: That is definitely not the end. Dang! Because Robert was enraged. It was high school all over again.
1: Talk about just being in the wrong place, the wrong time for Susie. That's her name, right? Susie. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, I well, just make that up. She
0: she was one of the names where it's like we're not too sure of okay. her name, and I'm. I'm sure I could find these names, but if they're, if they're protecting their names,
1: yeah, then it. I'm
0: going to do that. So. But I
1: totally think she's the wrong place at the wrong moment, right?
0: Oh, definitely. Dang. Definitely 100% wrong place, wrong time. Dang. So over the next few days, Robert watched Susie carefully Ugh. and closely. He learned her every move and memorized her schedule till one morning, about a week later, he waited for her in his car outside her apartment. And then when she showed up, just like expected... Robert got out of his vehicle, walked up to her, and pulled out a gun and held her at gunpoint. Awesome. Now, of course, being held at fucking gunpoint, Susie let out a scream. Uh, but Robert waved the gun in her face and ordered her to shut the fuck up or he would, quote, unquote, blow her head off. Now, luckily, a neighbor heard Susie scream. And not too long after that scream, that neighbor shouted out the window that the police were on their way.
1: Oh, good. Yeah. Good, good, good. And
0: sure enough, in the distance, a moment later, some sirens came from the distance, closing in quick. Yay. So Robert didn't have anything to do, but run.
1: Run and let her go, right?
0: Yeah. So he took off on foot. So after Susie reported the incident and what happened, described Robert and everything, police eventually found Robert walking down a nearby road in the snow and he just said that he's like oh you know i was just out for a walk you know my i was driving and got a little bit lightheaded and dizzy so i thought i'd just kind of go for a stroll yeah bullshit they fucking pick him up they uh
1: that's a terrible alibi
0: (laughs) right uh so they pick him up and he's he's identified by susie and
1: Mm -hmm.
0: there you go he's taken into custody now like we've already discussed though and like many other psychopaths, Robert is a master manipulator. Mm-hmm. He'd thought of a plan to protect himself and it worked.
1: No. What yes. on earth was it then? How, what, would, like, what could he think of? was well, nothing.
0: He used his medical background that he was diagnosed by the psychiatrist when he was previously, previously in prison.
1: Okay. And he claimed
0: that he had no recollection of the incident. He even told investigators that it was something he experienced frequently, where he would have memory blackouts. And then he proceeded to be very concerned for Susie and the oh, incident.
1: Wow. And
0: he said that if he was involved, then he needs some serious help. So he's oh turning it around like he's gosh. the victim. Okay,
1: that's actually like super smart.
0: <laughs> it's conniving. But I hate it. Right? So this combined Uh, with his reputation in the community as a stand-up citizen, a family man, you know, the local bakery owner and going to church and all this.
1: They let him go?
0: He was able to gain release from charge as he pleaded no contest to assault with a deadly weapon. The only stipulation was he was ordered for psychiatric help. Now, however, this wasn't completely getting off scot-free i just want to throw this in here um there was a future trial to be scheduled okay
1: okay but But he is just free in the meantime really like okay because that's i mean i get it like you have an illness or whatever but if he's doing shit like that like they gotta make like maybe he almost needs to go into like a a facility and get help and have it actually like set help rather than like i'm gonna go get help
0: yeah, but mind
1: you, this is... that's scary. It is super did.
0: scary, but this is also like the 70s. I guess.
1: In Alaska,
0: like the resources I'm sure aren't that great.
1: So, okay.
0: yeah, you're going to go get help. Make sure you go get help. We'll see you in court whenever it's scheduled. That's wow. basically how it was. It was basically getting away free, especially for Robert, who had no problem convincing his new psychiatrist that these memory blackouts were in fact real.
1: Wow. Even a professional.
0: Even a professional. Huh. So, Don't like that. While Robert was out free, he just kept doing what he always did, visiting the red light district, but now with escalated tendencies.
1: Can I ask a question? I hope I'm allowed to ask this question. Ask away. Is Susie okay? Does she end up being okay? Like she like just living her life? Susie's okay. Oh, okay. That's,
0: that's the last that we deal with Susie.
1: Wow. Okay, I'm Thankfully. actually surprised. Okay.
0: So early December... Robert tried to strike up a conversation with another individual, an 18 year old who we'll call Jane, who was in fact a sex worker, but not currently working. He tried to talk to her and she casually brushed him, brushed him off twice.
1: He don't like that.
0: No, he did not like that. He was pissed off. Robert was done being brushed off and treated just like his former high school self. He demanded respect and pulled out a gun on Jane.
1: Oh, my gosh. And
0: told her to get in the car as he shoved the gun against her and pushed her in. And then drove off.
1: Just go home to your wife and kids. Like, what the fuck are you doing?
0: He's doing some fucked up shit. He's making
1: me angry now. I'm getting angry.
0: Right? So after driving out of the city with, what what did I say we were calling her? Jane. Jane. Right. After driving out of the city... Uh, With Jane in the backseat, Robert ended up pulling over, and here's where it kind of gets a bit weird. Okay? Okay. He pulled over, and he asked if it was okay if he ripped off her bra. The politeness caught Jane off guard, and she responded politely back that she didn't want to because the bra was rather expensive. So Robert came to a compromise and told her to just undress instead. So she complied, completely undressed, and laid in his back seat nude. And then he tied her hands with leather shoelace behind her back and continued to drive.
1: That is really odd. That
0: is really odd.
1: Huh. Okay, I don't even know what to say about that, but okay.
0: So there is one thing that I want to say here. I very rarely believe um, any sort of assailant or murderer or any person like this when they say oh i had no intention of killing them mm-hmm. robert later on says this i never had any intention of killing these victims and i'm sure he had every intention with some but this right here tells me maybe he didn't ever have intention of killing them every time because if he was going to kill jane here he wouldn't have asked politely i think it's more of a playing out a fantasy of having that superiority in the power and then it just kind of goes south sometimes. And he just has to do what he has to do because he's basically kidnapped someone already. And if they don't go along with it, what's he gonna do?
1: Well, or he actually does have that that illness, potentially. That's true. But look right. I
0: did already say there are some times where I'm I, I don't believe this would be true. There are some times where I'm sure he made the choice specifically to kill them. Right. But this tells me that I don't think it was every time that he made that choice. That I sometimes guess, it was odd. just Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to just understand and this was because this is so weird of a thing where he's gonna ask politely if he can rip off her bra that's like that's so fucking out of character for what mm-hmm. a person what like this doing? would do yeah yeah it doesn't make sense no so that's the only way i can make sense of that is maybe he didn't always intend on killing the person maybe
1: okay so maybe
0: just just food for thought <laughs> So after she was nude, tied up in the backseat, he ended up driving over 80 miles to another hotel to get a room where he then proceeded to rape Jane inside.
1: How did he get this naked Jane into the hotel room?
0: Uh, He put a blanket over her and then they kind of hustled in.
1: Interesting. Okay. I don't know why that was something I needed to know.
0: You asked.
1: (laughs) I know, but I'm just like, that just seems so intriguing. Well, it
0: it wasn't something I was going to put in the podcast because it (laughs) seems so like benign you ask so here we are Uh, so once robert was satisfied i guess is the best way i can say it Uh, he brought jane back to the car and they started driving again and he ended up going back towards anchorage but then made a sudden turn onto a side road and pulled off in the middle of nowhere and forced jane out of the car there She stood naked in the snow, freezing cold, by the way, clearly. Yeah, I can imagine. And Robert told her to run.
1: Oh, God. I hate that.
0: However, Jane didn't run. She begged for him not to do this. She reasoned with him. She said that her occupation as a sex worker, she doesn't exactly trust police and they don't exactly trust her. She's never going to turn to them for help, sorry. If he lets her go, she wouldn't tell a soul. And Robert didn't look at her this entire time. He was just staring off into the trees. And reportedly after this, he brought her back in the vehicle saying he saw something off of the trees and he's worried someone's watching. So in the vehicle, he then started driving back to Anchorage. Okay. And driving back to Anchorage, he decided... That he was going to go into her wallet and take down names of people she knew or names he could find in there. And he found the names of her parents. And he wrote down not just her address and her name, but her parents' name and her parents' address. He said, if you ever tell anyone, I will kill your family. Wow. So he drove her back to Anchorage with this information and let her go.
1: Huh. That is beyond interesting, really. It is. I mean, I'm happy for her, but holy, that's a freaking traumatizing experience that she went through.
0: She dealt with a literal psychopath. hmm Someone who has- And
1: survived, which is yeah. like incredible.
0: So see what I mean, though? It doesn't seem like he always had the intention of killing. It may be just the scenario of wanting to be in that position and of power. And not caught,
1: too. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: But then sometimes to not get caught, he has to pull that trigger. Right. And then I'm sure later on it leads down to the road where he wants to pull the trigger.
1: Well, yeah, because at the beginning you said uh, hunting was no longer, hunting animals was no longer satisfying for him.
0: Oh, that wasn't him. That was a, that, that's a fictional book.
1: Oh, shit. Okay. I thought that was him as well.
0: <laughs> no, that that's not him. That's a fictional book. That's called The Most Dangerous Game.
1: Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, my bad. No,
0: that's just kind of uh Something that people usually think is kind of similar sort of thing. Oh, you know?
1: okay. I see. I see. So,
0: now, where'd go? I lost my spot. Okay. Okay. So now there is another case that was strikingly similar to Jane's. On December 22nd, around 9 p.m., a young woman, who we will call Mary, was last seen. Now, a few days later, she was found by some local hunters with her hands bound with leather shoelaces behind her back running away she was found nude and frozen in the snow oh
1: my gosh like dead
0: with a large laceration across her chest she was found to be sexually assaulted as well and it is assumed that she was forced to run like jane was told to
1: oh for some reason i just envisioned that the hunters found her alive nope oh brutal
0: so when she was told to run it's presumed that she did And she hid in the snow without any protection from the elements.
1: Right. Which would kill you.
0: There she sat in the snow in terror, hiding from her assailant. Ah. And there she died of hypothermia.
1: Dang. Yeah, you really don't have much of a chance because it's December. It's in Alaska. Like, holy shit. Yep. So if you don't get you, the frigging elements are gonna.
0: So now all the while this is going on. Robert's getting away with what he had done. Jane, however, saw the news about this recent attack and decided that she was going to go to authorities to tell them what had happened to her. She wanted to prevent it from happening to anyone else because she was almost certain that it was, well, she was certain it was the same man.
1: Because he's going to keep doing this. Yeah.
0: So with Robert's mugshot from the assault on Susie earlier on when he followed her to her apartment... They have a mugshot because remember, there's still a court date and everything. He has a file. Right, right. He was quickly identified and picked up by police. Now, the problem here, though, is in court, it came down to Robert versus Jane, a stand-up citizen, according to his friends, against a sex worker.
1: (sighs) But then also Susie, too. Or do they not realize this? Yeah, they're realizing this is the same person.
0: Yes, yeah, we'll we'll get into that. Okay. Now as part of a plea bargain, he pleaded guilty to his assault on Susie, and the charges against Jane and Mary would be dropped.
1: Oh, no. Yes. Wow. No.
0: He was sentenced to 5 years in prison and served only 6 months of wow. his sentence after getting clearance from his psychiatrist. After being a model prisoner.
1: Five months when he was supposed to get six years?
0: Six months when he was supposed to get five years. That's
1: friggin' nuts.
0: Now, clearly he had no problem manipulating (sighs) the prison system and his psychiatrist once again. Wow. He was then transferred to a halfway house where, again, he did the same manipulation and was quickly released from there as a free man.
1: This is like just a total story of someone falling through the cracks, eh?
0: Oh, time and time again. But it's not falling through the cracks. It's him Him. weaseling his way through the cracks. He did a very, and I hate to say it, but he did a very good job of manipulating the individuals he came across to get his way.
1: I'm very agitated right now. Can't stop (laughs) playing with with something with a cord here because I'm like, this mofo. Holy heck. You good? Yeah, I'm good. I actually sometimes admire people that are so good at like talking their way through shit right
0: it's terrifying what they're capable of well
1: yeah because it's like i'm just the opposite of that i feel like if i would probably be stopped for something and people think i'm a murderer and i'm not and i would all of a sudden be a murderer (laughs) it's like like, it's like the opposite i'm the opposite
0: it's like one of those cases where you get pulled over by police and it's like all of a sudden do you think that you might have bricks of cocaine in your trunk you don't know like oh my god i'm not sure actually yeah (laughs) i think i might have drugs am i smuggling cocaine like literally that's oh how i am gosh. like this thought like oh
1: so basically the total opposite of this this dude
0: yeah pretty much this douche canoe mm-hmm. let's put it that way totally so as he was a free man now robert lived as a model citizen for a while to build up his reputation he didn't really go to the red light district he didn't really do anything he just kind of manipulated those around him in the real world too that's right but in 1973 his wife took took a trip with their kids to go see their parents, and left Robert alone. Robert began what he would refer to later as being a serial rapist. He was frequently picking up sex workers in his car and taking them away. Women began to go missing, and even though reports were coming in of missing and raped women, the police didn't take it very seriously. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's a problem that we're literally still struggling with today in mm-hmm. society. Like sex workers uh, work in a very dangerous field because it, it's, well, let's be honest, it's unregulated. And, and often they deal with very unsavory characters and some of them being unsavory characters themselves. Uh, but as the stigma around the industry leaves them in less than credible sources in the authorities' eyes, you know, not saying that authorities don't really Care that they don't go, or care that they go missing, mind you. I don't want to say that, uh, but they are more apt to think that they may be like running away from the lifestyle, or they're on a binge due to potential addictions and or other reasons. Uh, so the thought of them actually being missing versus just like unreachable or runaways mm-hmm. or something is a very real possibility in their minds.
1: Yeah, well, they may not have like frequent contact with loved ones really right so even if they do go missing they could be missing for a while before anyone really knows yeah
0: so not that it's an excuse but that's kind of what's going across their mind it's like are they missing we we don't even fucking know that's kind of what they're taught what they're doing and because of that a lot of these reports weren't being taken seriously which they should have been uh so these reports came in from some of these women that they were just getting brushed off now of course these are just the cases that did get reported, whether it was intimidation from Robert when he brought them back in, saying, You know, I'm going to kill you, going to mm, kill your family. Like he did to Jane. Like he did to Jane. Mm-hmm. Whether it was intimidation factors um, or that the police just wouldn't believe them, I'm sure that many of the cases went unreported. Probably. Yeah.
1: And Jane's family ended up being fine, hey?
0: Uh, Yes. Actually, Jane's family. I wasn't going to cover this too much, but I might as well talk about it now since you bring it up. Uh, Jane's father was actually on the police force.
1: Oh, wow. Um, Okay.
0: But they didn't want to bring it forward because they were terrified for the safety of their family. Um, And also the uh, idea of one of the police officers' daughters being a prostitute, what would happen to her and what would happen to him. So when they actually did come forward, it was quite a big deal, not only for her But the family as well, like, okay, this is my daughter who went through this and like we couldn't handle it and we're reporting it and she's a sex worker. So it was actually quite a big deal for the family to go through that.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: So to carry on, we're going to take this into a part two. Oh. And I'm sorry to do that to you, but this is just so much information on this, this freaking case. You've already put
1: a lot out there.
0: Uh, And there's a lot more to come.
1: Oh gosh. So so okay. we'll give it a couple
0: days for you guys to stew on, and later on this week we'll be dropping part two we of love this
1: stewing on fucking shit like this. asshole.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, and don't forget to check out our Instagram, Facebook, and all that good jazz. The links are down below. Patreon, of course, if you want to see Jacko merch. Patreon exclusive Jacko merch.
1: Oh my gosh, I'm pumped!
0: So that'll so pumped. only be up for a few days until it's never going to be available again. I'm sure we'll have exclusives for. Stuff like that down the road, but this particular one. This
1: particular drawing of Jacko. Never again. Mm -hmm. So. Okay. Well done. Well, until I don't know, how long are you making them wait?
0: I don't know. Maybe go Thursday or so.
1: Or so. Wow. Maybe it'll be Friday. Holy heck.
0: You know what? Just pay attention. Just pay attention. We'll drop it before the weekend. How's that? Okay. Okay. Boom. All right. And until the weekend, until the next episode, we'll see you later. And of course,
1: stay wicked.